Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello, and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? I already already knew you were going to ask me that question anyway, Daryl. We got all kinds of stuff happening. It's getting right into the middle of summer, actually the start of summer. And the best part about it, Daryl, my favorite pastime is coming back right now. Yeah, congratulations. It is going to be good to hear the crack of a bat and see some baseball. <laughs> It'll be good to see actually any sport other than cornhole. Uh, so I know we're all excited. Hey, by the way, if you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And I just want to give a shout out to uh, our friends at Send Out Cards. Larry, it's always fun uh, seeing you. I, the other day, I got to say, I walked up to my mailbox and uh, there is a card in the mailbox from none other than Larry Levine himself. There's a picture of my new book on the card and some pictures of you and I working together. And uh, you know what? I, I just continue to be amazed by the power of something simple as simple and as old fashioned as putting a card in the mail to actually speak to somebody's heart. Well, it, it just goes to show you that um, what's ever old is forever new. It's just, we've just thrown a little modern twist on it, but I will tell you this is everybody who gets one of those cards never throws it away. Yeah, it is incredibly powerful. And if you want to reach out and touch somebody like that, um, just go check it out. You can actually send your first card for free at cards.sellingfromtheheart.net. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of going back to basics, speaking of fundamental and old school stuff that's forever new, this is going to be an incredibly fun conversation today. So I don't want to delay any, any of this anymore, Larry. Let's dive in. And why don't you welcome our friend and let's get going. Uh, I can't wait to welcome Brandon Steiner on, but I, I have to give a little backstory because a lot of his friends have been on the Selling from the Heart podcast. And for all of our listeners, you already know this. I'm a sales nerd and a sports geek completely. So that's why when I started following and becoming connected with Brandon Steiner, I go, okay, hey, this guy's speaking my love language and I'm a sports freaking junkie. You got to come on the podcast. And when when we decided to coordinate this, I just couldn't wait. So we're just going to get right to it. Brandon Steiner, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Love what you guys are doing. It's all about selling from the heart. So I think you're right on the right track just with, you know, just that concept alone, because it is all about giving. And most people are selling to the thing about what they can get. But really, when you're selling, you, you, you first and foremost have to think about the value that you can give, mm-hmm. not about what you're going to get out of the sale and hitting a number, but what value do you give. And most people do the opposite, which is why they're playing small. So uh, I love your idea. And uh, nice to be with you guys today. Man, awesome. it's good. so good to have you here. And um, I, mean, I think you're already diving into the question you know that all of our guests get, which is what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? I mean, if you think about boiling that down uh, to a statement, what, what does that, that mean to you? 
I mean, I think something from the heart's really simple. It's about, you know, giving, giving yourself. It's about, it's about serving and solving. Um, something from the heart is about really taking a look inside of who you're selling it to and thinking about how they need to receive what you're offering and, and, and putting some time and thought into the diligence part of it to really think about what it is your customer needs, not only about what you got to sell. And I think if you're a solution-based business person, you got to step away from being a salesperson and be a solution-based business person, which is trying to find people with problems, trying to solve them. And any approach should always start off with a concern, caring, and figuring out how to solve a problem, make life easier, or save somebody money. I mean, you start conversations with that off with your cold calling or calling a customer you've had for 20 years, you're going to be around a long time and nobody's getting rid of you. Beautiful. Well so, said. It's so good, Daryl, because if one of the, I keyed in on something Brandon said, which is this near and dear to selling from the heart and it's about to serve. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I, I just want to throw this back at you, Brandon, and then I mean, we're going to dive into some really cool things is when you think of serving and all that versus selling, where's the big disconnect sometimes do you feel with many in sales who are sales focused and they may not be serving focused? I think, first of all, what we don't talk enough about is value. You know, what's your value? What value are you adding? And value, the definition is what you could do for someone that they can't do for themselves. And I think when you get into serving, you know, you add a touch of value and then you got to really, you know, in order to fill yourself, you got to forget yourself. So you have to do as much as you can for as many people as you can, as often as you can, and expect nothing back. And that's a long game, and that's playing the big game. Because most people want to sell it now, get the results now, get what they're getting out of it now. But the people that really you know, play the long game and people play the relationship game, which is getting to know your customers, serve them, solve a problem for them, add value to them, so now that there's a benefit from doing business with you because you add value to what I can now do in my overall business. Those are people that are going to be around a long time. They tend to have swimming pools and tennis courts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it reminds me of years ago, Brandon, I used to, I, I did a lot of solutions training in the technology world where solution was just kind of a code word for software. And so I would have roomfuls of, of salespeople and I would say, okay, by the way, I should have done my homework uh, can you tell me what solutions do you sell? And they would start rattling off, you know, all these um, names of of software products and techno jar- jargon and all that stuff. And I said, whoa, 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 I didn't ask what software you sold. I said, what solutions do you sell? And, you know, and I always said, you're an empty shirt in the solutions business until you understand your client's business problems. And to me, selling is, I, I mean, I think sometimes we just overcomplicate it. The real issue is, you know, let's talk about your problems. And even in worlds that are highly technical, where sometimes salespeople go, well, this is way above my head, the, the software or whatever you're selling might be, but the problem is not. It's a human problem. We can talk about it. And I think if you start there, it's a game changer, right? Well, people talk about like what's keeping you up at night, you know, what are your problems? But I also like mm-hmm. to talk about what's getting you up in the morning. What are you excited about? Because oh, if it. I can pile on to that, I'm good too. You know, I mean, it's nothing like being excited about something and you look behind you, no one's there. You know, which is often sometimes I feel like when I'm running my company, I'm like, some of the hardest selling I do is with my own people. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so, you know, at the end, it's about, you know, how do you find out the people that you're serving and working with and for? 
And how do you get excited about what they're excited about? It's sometimes another big boost in the, in the effort to really increase your value. Because I know when you're excited about what I'm excited about, that's what we call support, care. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think a lot of times employees particularly, because remember selling, you know, you have customers and you sell them widgets, you sell them services, you make money. But, you know, there's a lot of selling going on internally. You know, getting your, your, your office mates, your managers, the people around you is critical because the collaboration is how you get the best sales. So when you get along with other people and you've sold them in on the fact that you're a collaborator, that you're somebody who can think with them, partner up with, you can get brought into other deals. You know, 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing. So I, I think it's so important for not only to understand the selling and solving and serving of customers, but of each other and how to do it up you know, to be able to swim upstream with a manager or a director or, or your bosses. And a lot of times it is finding out what is keeping people up at night. But equally as important is what's getting people excited, what they're getting up in the morning really excited about and how you jump on that bandwagon. No, I this like is, that. Oh, dude, this is, this is so good. For, and I really want to touch on that because I firmly believe that you know, part of this is asking great questions, Daryl and Brandon, mm-hmm. and, and engaging questions. And it was interesting because we haven't even spoke about the Selling from the Heart Insiders group, but I want to touch on this because it directly correlates to what Brandon just said, Daryl. Mm-hmm. So this morning, as we're recording this, we had Todd Capone on who wrote, who was the author of the Transparency Sale. And Love what Todd. we're talking about is how salespeople engage in transparent, upfront, open conversations. And when we started to peel it back is where we feel many of them sway away from is they lack confidence. And I was listening to what, what Brandon was saying and, and he, you could tell he oozes confidence, but to ask some of those questions, salespeople have to get a lot more confident with themselves. Would y'all agree? You know, the confidence is king, but I think it's really important if you're somebody that is, um, you know, if you're not confident, which is really more the issue here, I mean, mm-hmm. people that are listening that are confident, good for you. But we got to figure out why. You know, why are you confident? What breeds uh, the right kind of approach and attitude? And the, the, the truth of the matter is you're confident when you have three things. One, you're confident in your ability. Two, you're confident in your strategy. I think a lot of times people go out and they're confident with their ability, but they're not really convicted about their strategy. They don't really 100% believe in either what they're selling, how it sells, or the people they're working for. And they don't think it's a big deal because, of course, they don't know that. That's just how I think. That's how I feel. Seriously? You know when someone walks in and they're convicted about the special when you walk into a restaurant and they're convicted about the chef mm-hmm. and what they're making. Mm-hmm. You can't hide it. It comes out, especially when, you're, when you, know, you get into the outright, you know, value proposition. So, you know, value in your ability, value in your strategy, and most importantly, your value and belief in God. You know, you have to have faith. And I think that no one wants to talk about faith as a very important ingredient on the balance sheet because you have to have faith that there's just some things, you know, faith is believing in something that you can't see. And you got to believe that when you do good, you put out good and do the right things. Like I mentioned earlier about doing as much as you can for as many people as you can. I expect nothing back. You have to believe that by putting good out, it's going to end up, you know, there'll be good coming back and it's just a good vibe. So, but, you know, listen, the way you build confidence in your ability 
is becoming an expert, being a dog without a bone about everything there is about your product, knowing mm -hmm. how it works, knowing how it gets built, knowing all different plays. And I always say, win if you can, lose if you must, but if not, always cheat. Now, <laughs> <laughs> win if you can, lose if you must, if not, always cheat. Don't steal, don't lie. This is not something you break the law, but cheating, like in basketball, you cheat on defense. Cheating is using every possible angle, edge, known to man. Back to your thing about asking every question you can mm -hmm. till you are an expert. Because when you're an expert and you walk in, it moves people. When the person you walk into an electronics store, you buy an air conditioner, they break down eight air conditions, which you know nothing about. And honestly, I'm telling you all the advantages and disadvantages, the cost, whether it's going to fit in your window, everything. You moved. You trust that person. Why? Because they're confident in the ability. Why? Because they've done the work. They've done the mm -hmm. research. So, and then you have a strategy. The strategy is find out what that person needs. Find out what's going to make that person happy. And you keep asking those right questions. So if you have confidence in your strategy, confidence in your ability, and are willing to do the work, there's only one reason. There's only one thing you should be concentrating on if you're selling from the heart. How do I learn every possible thing there is about what I'm selling and who's the best at it? Because I want to know who I'm trying to beat. If you're <laughs> yeah. not thinking about yeah. who the best at it that's selling in your company, in your industry, in this planet, in this world, so you understand what being the best is, and you're not asking every question all over YouTube, all over Google, just finding everything there is about your product, then you should find something else to do. Because why else would you be doing it other than to try to be the best that ever was? I never wanted to be successful, had no interest in it. And I think a lot of times, which, which we could talk about is success is deterrent for more success. Hmm. You have some success, let's go get some lunch. We made a big sale. We did this, we did that. But you know, we talk about confidence. So when you have success, it's the best time to have more success. Your confidence is riding high. Your ability is now starting to rise even larger than what you thought. Now's the time to stay bunker in and go after the rest of it while all those other idiots are going out for lunch. I always say lunch is for losers. I mean, it is. There's no reason to go out for a two-hour lunch. So, you know, That's again, great. you know, strategy, think about it. It's like, you know, your strategy is using every last possible method to find out everything you can about what you're doing and then knowing who the best is. So you, when you say, listen, you didn't just come in and buy an air conditioner. You came in and bought an air conditioner from the best. I'm the best that ever was when it comes to finding out the right air conditioning you have. That moves you. You know, when you go to a restaurant, that service, like breaking down every item on the entree to the exact ingredients, to this pepper, that salt, when the, when the chef bought that piece of fish, it moves you. Like you feel like you're in his kitchen with him. Yeah. And I think those are the things that people don't spend enough time. They're worrying about the tip instead of worrying about the process that gets you the big tip, which is being an expert. Because when you're great at something and you're moving towards even being better every day, it moves people. And people don't problem paying. Oh, gosh. This is so good, Daryl. So good. So, I, I Daryl, you're going to have to let me throw a sports angle in this. I just oh, I knew to. this was coming. I've been looking <laughs> forward to it. Okay, Brad, I got to rope in some sports in this. So, <laughs> it was just a couple weeks ago. I geeked out and I binge watched The Last Dance. And the whole time I'm listening to what you've just been saying over the last five minutes, which has just been spot on music to my ears, was this. 
in order to be the best, you got to follow the best and all that and become the best at what you do. Go watch all 10 episodes of The Last Dance and you will understand why Michael Jordan was one of the best. So why is this, why am I bringing this up? Because in sales, it's not okay to be average and be amongst the Mm. sea of everybody else. If you want to be the best, go search those out and start asking them questions on what made them who they are. Hmm. You know, for me, you know, it's just, it's hard sometimes for people to believe and be confident that when they do put this kind of work and effort in, because it is the long game that's going to work out for them. Because you got to ask yourself like, why wouldn't you do that? And a lot of times because people just don't have the belief in their story that they could end up working out for them if they put this kind of effort. They come up with all the excuses. You know, my boss mm-hmm. is out to screw me. Or, you know, these places you work really hard, then they throw you away. Or, you know, I'm never, you know, maybe maybe your mom and dad told you were no good when you were a kid. Or you had some problem with one of your teachers and you didn't do well in a class and then they told you you were stupid, so you believed it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you shouldn't really care about what anybody says other than the people that you know, trust, and love you. And I think what's important is two, two things. There's no such thing as a big sale. When you're selling from the heart, there is no such thing as a big sale. There's no such thing as a big meeting. There's no such thing as a big day when you're selling from the heart. Every day is important. I'm in Tampa, and I'm watching a Yankee spring training game, and I'm supposed to meet Marianne Rivera after the game. And all of a sudden, in the fifth inning, who comes in, sits down next to me, Mariano? Now, he pitched the fourth inning, and, uh, you know, I was just kind of hanging out. I'm not going to lie here. I mean, it was very cool. I mean, I'm sitting in the game. I'm watching the Yankee game with Mariano. This was a little bit earlier in my career. So I turned to myself. I thought we were going to meet after the game. I goes, yeah, because, you know, Joe put me in early. So, you know, I pitched. I said, ah, it was just a spring training game. No big deal. He goes, no big deal. I just pitched it in. I pitched six pitches. One, two, three. The guys were done. Gone done. I, I said, yeah, but this is a spring training game. He goes, Brandon, that's a mistake. When I get on the mound with a spring training, July, the score is a hundred to nothing, or whether it's the bottom of the ninth in a playoff game or a world series game, I pitch the same way. There's no such thing as a big game. I pitch every time I get on the mound the same way. I just pitched the spring training game. Nice. Like it was Game 7 World Series. So when Game 7 World Series comes, I don't have to adjust. I don't have to get my mind all worked up. It's the same way on the highest level I possibly can play and pitch and think every time I walk on that mound. And, you know, it's an interesting lesson to learn because I always laugh when somebody says, oh, I got a big meeting today. What are you saying about all the other meetings? (laughs) We all know (laughs) that sometimes you go to a meeting that you don't think is, you don't really know what's going to expect. And then five years later, it ends up being one of the best meetings and biggest meetings of your life. Mm-hmm. So there should be no such thing as a big day, big sale, big meeting, you know, when you're selling from the heart. Just like if you're getting operated on, you don't want the doctor to leave his house in the morning, kiss his wife goodbye and say, you know, I've got a big operation. And then the next day, ah, it's just a patient. I don't know. I'm going <laughs> to, you want every operation to just be a, a big single one. bypass. You know, right. And that's, about, <laughs> and that's being. Right. That's being a pro. That's, that's awesome. being a professional is when you can't tell the difference. And that's what you always loved about Gene. You can never tell the story, whether he's 0 for 3, 5 for 5. The game was out of hand. They were winning by a lot. World Series. The same focus, hungry, passionate, consistent, purposeful. And I think when you think about your approach to selling, you think about how many days you waste because you're waiting for that big sale, and that big meeting. 
And you want to know why your results are mediocre. Wow. Larry, when someone asked me 10 years about what I remember from the Selling from the Heart podcast, this is going to be on that list. That was, that yeah, was beautiful. That was brilliant. Brilliant. Totally brilliant. Brilliant. Well, wow. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So good. I mean, what, what else can we learn? <laughs> I saw, you know, you're asking on, on, on LinkedIn about just some of the feedback from what's your favorite sports related story from Syracuse, which is cool, but what's your favorite sports related analogy to sales? You know, when you, I mean, when you think about being in both of those worlds, where are some of the other parallels that, that you see? Cause what you just shared was pure gold. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I, the biggest response I got on my social was when I said, what's the worst event you've ever been to? <laughs> I got an insane amount of like, I mean, it was just complete opposite. What's the worst event you've ever been to the worst game? It's just amazing how many really messed up games that, you know, that happen. <laughs> well, and not everybody's gotten to go to a Dodgers too, game. So, <laughs> but you know, when I, when I think about sales and sports that, you know, they run so close parallels, I think about being the underdog. Like for me, Mm. When people look at me and they say, well, Brand, what do you think some of the keys to your success are? I talk about, it's like, I have an underdog mindset. You know, in my soul, I know I'm a favorite. In my soul, I know I'm a worthy person that's deserving of the best. But in my mindset, that's hostile. That's mm. the, the mindset that questions, maybe, Brand, maybe you can't do it. You know, the saying, you're really not that good. You know, Brandon, maybe this is a little bit too much for you. Maybe this, maybe this moment's too big for you. My soul is like, you know, you deserve it. And then I saw my mindset of battling. But really, when you think about it, it's always the game behind the game. As a salesperson, mm. whatever your goals are, the hard part about being a salesperson is not hitting your goal, but resetting them immediately. The other day, we were doing this big uh, sale. Uh, we just launched this new product that, uh, of the Syracuse. We're selling the Dome at Syracuse. And my goal for the first day was like, I wonder if we could do $50,000. And we happened to hit $50,000 within four hours. And I, in four hours and one minute, I was like, my goal is 100000 I, I didn't even think about it. Like, and it's really important because a lot of people would have gone to lunch and celebrated. And me, I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, no, I misunderstood. I misrepresented that. I was only kidding about the 50. I wanted it to be 100. So I think, you know, the underdog mindset is so important because the underdog has nothing to lose. Everything to win. You don't want to have a mindset of being a favorite. And I think the hostile is really important. I have all the people that said, Brandon, you're not that smart. My guidance counselor told me I should go to trade school, not college. I have the teachers that said I was an idiot. My brother, who I grew up and said, said I was an idiot just about every day. I have all the people that said, well, no, I don't want to sign with you. No, I mean, I'm going to do a deal with you. I think about all those people that I want to prove wrong. That's my motivation. Every day, I got a nice list in there right in my closet that I look at and I get a little hostile because I know I want to show them. I want to prove them wrong because there's a difference between being an aggressive mindset and a hostile mindset. If I came into your office over there, Daryl, and all of a sudden I said, hey, by the way, and I had a gun and I looked like maybe I was going to potentially kill maybe you and your family, you'd be more than aggressive with me. You'd get hostile and think about everything you could do, whatever it took to protect you and your family. And it wouldn't be just an aggressive, it would be hostile. Mm -hmm. Just like when you go into the jungle and all of a sudden you start messing around with a lion and their cubs. All of a sudden, that line looks dangerous, but then when it gets hostile, it really gets scary. And that's the kind of salesperson you want to be. You want to be hostile. You want to be that underdog. You want to be that person who's got a chip on their shoulder, that people are questioning about how good you are, whether you can hit that number or not, whether you can actually sell more than anyone's ever sold for at the company that you're in. And you'll come up with all the excuses with that mindset, not the excuses, but you'll come up with all the reasons of how you do that once you get into a hostile 
motivated mindset. You know, to me, what I always ask salespeople is like, why are you here? Like, why? Why why are you doing this if it's not to get better every day? So I always ask people, it's like, do you know how many species there are on this planet? Thousands. (laughs) Think about it. Bugs, ants, eagles, birds, fish, dogs, cats, lions, tigers, zebras, bears. Not one of those animals or species has the ability to get better. Not at all. An elephant's going to eat for 17 hours a day, poop, have some sex, and sleep for a few hours. You're never going to wake up in the morning and see your dog hadn't fed itself, walked itself, and reading the paper in the corner. You're never going to wake up and look at the goldfish in the tank, and it's going to be doing backflips, breaststrokes, and all of a sudden, none of these species can get better. But the humans can get better. So what I say to you is, be the underdog. Put yourself in an incredibly pressuresome situation. Put the pressure on you that you can't accept where you're at. Have a high level of non-acceptance, which is really the key to being exceptional and extraordinary in life. And by doing that, you need a hostile environment. You need to be grateful and have the gratitude that we're one of the few, if the only species that can improve. (laughs) So if you're not doing it for your team, your company, your family, do it because for God's sakes, how lucky are we? to be born on this planet <laughs> and we have the ability to get better. And I feel like even at 60, I feel phenomenal. I feel better than I felt at 40, more motivated, smarter. And at the end of the day, I'm hostile. You know, I'm hostile. I'm happy with life. I'm not saying you should be hostile in your life. I think you should be hostile in your approach to business, not in a negative way, but in a motivational and, 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 and an excited, incentivized way. And remember that you have the ability to do a lot more than what you think. And you should be grateful for it. So I have an underdog mindset. Even though I feel like I've accomplished a few things, I still feel like people are questioning me. I still feel like people haven't really felt the wrath of what I could do. <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm, I'm hostile. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I, I'm putting immense pressure on myself. I was like, you crazy? I'm like, yeah, I am a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to do some things that you probably never thought we could do. Not because I have to, not because I want to, not because I need to, but because I can. And why shouldn't I? Beautiful. Don't huh. leave money on the table. And hey, don't, let success, don't let success, don't let success, when you sell from the heart, when you sell from the heart, you never leave success on the table and you never let success get in the way of more success. That's what selling from the heart means, is that you're not going to let success deter you when you're going to start feeling good. Because you know, success will ultimately breed more success. Love it, Brandon. I just got my copy. Yeah, I just of, went on a rant there, boy. I'm sorry. It was, I was, I was, it was a great rant. <laughs> hey, hey, Brandon, I'd like to see you when you really get wound up. <laughs> well, that's the point. It's fifth inning, Tampa Bay. Doesn't matter. That's Somebody right. Somebody comes in, they buy a twenty dollar case or a million dollar spokesman role. Where I'm, I'm at the same level of intensity, whether I'm talking to you or if I'm 60 minutes, whatever I'm doing, I want to have the same tenacity and I still want to have the same bit of hostility. I want to be hostile and I, I'm, I'm ready to bring it right now. You tell me, let's go get on a plane. Let's go, you know, let's go to Australia right now and make a few shekels. Let's go. That's selling <laughs> from the heart. That's ready. To, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh no, I want to make a lot of money, but only if it's convenient. For me, it's like if we're winning and we're competing, what do we got to do? That's we gotta right. Dig a ditch fifty feet down. We got to get on a plane. We got to get on a freaking <laughs> rocket ship. What do we got to do? 
because you want to do whatever it takes to be the best, not what's convenient. Oh, I love you, Brandon. So oh my God, I could listen to you all day long, dude. <laughs> so good. Well, can you tell my tell my family that though? <laughs> <laughs> hey, as we as People we say, wrap How's up, the virus treating you? My family's been in complete depression with me home as much as I was. <laughs> They're like praying, can this virus be over? Send dad back to work, please, quickly. <laughs> You've got, uh, you know, as we as we wrap up, one of the topics I'd just love to touch on in the time we have left. I cannot wait. I've got living on purpose on route to my house, um, and uh, I love this topic of of differentiating success from significance. And I know that that topic is a topic that's near and dear to to our selling from the heart community. When you think about those two words, success and significance. Where do you see, uh, contrast those for us as we wrap up today? I think it's simple. I mean, look, success is sometimes just getting out of bed in the morning. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I think success is something that you should be proud of. And I think it's very cool. But remember, nobody's going to remember success. Nobody remembers. I mean, I think uh, the Kansas City Royals, who came in last place last year, I mean, I'm sure they played hard, worked hard. Nobody's going to remember them, though. Nobody cares. You know, people remember the people Kansas City the Royal fans, Brandon. I'm just using them as an example. I'm sure they played hard and worked hard. That's <laughs> the point. And I'm sure you're right. playing hard and working hard. And maybe because you're making a nice living, you're doing okay, maybe a little better than you thought you were going to do. You have to admit, that's successful. And I, and I tip my cap off to you if you want that. I just didn't want it. Significance is, is when you've made a difference in the company and in the industry that you work for, and it's better off now because you were in it. And that takes an effort. That takes a lot of diligence to put something into something that you may not even get a return on. When you want to be extraordinary and significant, you have to way blow past success. Matter of fact, success is just your transportation. It's not your destination. You have to get on board and fly past success and definitely have a high level of non-acceptance of just being successful. But there are a lot of people that got you know, second throw row, second or third row at a stadium. Well, I got down here, pretty good seats. Me, I got to get on the field, man. I'm not going to stop. If I got to bulldoze that fence over, or I got, I'm getting on the field. I'm going to play. I'm not going to just be happy just getting a few rows out. And I think a lot of people, when they get to success, they become a spectator in the game and they start watching because they're good. I'm good. I'm doing well. You know, I make a nice living. Like, please. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just you and the goldfish, you know. But so I think it's really important if you want significance and you really want to be extraordinary, your sights are not being on success. You know, you're, as soon as you get to some success, you're immediately resetting and trying to figure out how to get more success. And you're not hesitant to do whatever it takes to win and compete to find out any kind of edge you can get to improve your concentration, to improve your focus, to improve everything there is in your ability to do better. That's what you're going to need all of that to be extraordinary and significant. Nobody remembers people that were just successful. They remember the people that are on the top of the heap. They remember the goats. Wow. Larry, wow. Brandon, what an honor. Thank you for sharing time with us on the Selling from the Heart podcast today. This has been just a fantastic treat. I, I well, really, I'm, it's been really, really good. And I am. Um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for you. And I'm grateful for the passion you brought to us today. I cannot wait to read your book. I'm really looking forward to this. I have a feeling that 
we'll be talking about the ideas that you shared on this podcast today for a long time to come. So uh, we may have to have you back. But Larry, any parting words as, as we wrap up today? Uh, we can keep this thing going, but I know it's a drive time podcast. I'd love to keep this going <laughs> another hour. So well, good. I fo- just follow me on LinkedIn or follow me on my social. <laughs> I'm definitely expecting a song from the heart t-shirt. I never well, asked for that, but yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go with the song from the heart. I like it. I love that concept. Well, I, I think it makes sense to me. I like it. No, I, I, re- I remember, and, and I don't know if you remember this, Brandon is, and I owe you an apology because I need to still get you a book is you actually reached out to me on LinkedIn in the message center. And you said, I'm all for selling from the heart. And I think we were connected, but that's how this, all of this started. So it would be my pleasure. I'll get you a t-shirt and I'll get you a book. I'm all, I'm always poking around. And a lot of people say, this is not Brandon Steiner. I say, I'm, I'm, a dog. I'm just looking for something. I look at a lot of people's content and, and, you know, the good news is that there is a lot of good content out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is a lot of people doing a lot of good work. There's a lot of good stuff out there on LinkedIn particularly, but on all these other platforms that I'm a fan of. And I'm not afraid to learn from them and and, and grow. You know, it's, hey, listen, when you rest, you rust. So there's no reason to, if you're resting too much, you just realize, you know, you're going to need an oil can. You're going to be like the tin man. You're going to rust. So don't rest and you won't rust. Like keep going, you know, keep going. Use your time wisely. <laughs> I love it. Well, everybody, Brandon, thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Everybody in the Selling from the Heart podcast, all of our Selling from the Heart champions out there, thank you so much. Uh, it's just such a pleasure just interacting with you. Those of you who um, have found your way into the Selling from the Heart Insiders group, um, it's phenomenal. If you haven't gone there yet, check it out at sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders. But until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, show up and be hostile, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.